Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beauties. Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, episode 131. Dating after toxic relationships, a big topic, juicy topic. Kate and I for over a decade have been working with women who are recovering from toxic relationships and dating again after you've only known unhealthy is a whole thing unto itself. And so I first actually really want to bring that point home that it isn't just, oh, I've gotten out of that unhealthy relationship and now I can start dating. This is the you know core of why healing matters so much because after a toxic relationship, you're you have lack of self-trust. Your self-esteem is probably low. You probably don't trust men, depending on the severity of the hurt and the dysfunction in the relationship. You know, it isn't just, oh, I'm out of that relationship. So now I'm all set. And this is in truth about relationships in general, right? We've talked about how the fairy tale makes it seem like all you need is love <laughs> to, to have a great relationship. And we're not taught anything about relationship. It isn't just, oh, I just have to get out of the toxic one and then I can start dating again. We're going to talk about what the healing journey actually looks like and why it matters so much. Yeah. And that, I mean, exactly what you're saying is really grass is greener, you know, just thinking, if we have the mentality when you're in the relationship that the problem is the relationship and there's no accountability for what part of your pattern is contributing to this dynamic and why, how did you end up in this toxic relationship? Most likely, you know, there was trauma from your childhood, but knowing your protective mechanisms, knowing the, you know, the self-sacrifice or fantasy addict of the saboteur archetypes often ends up in toxic relationships because the fantasy addict is so blinded by the idea of love and the idea of who this person is and the idea of what they desire that they completely overlook the feeling, the, the screaming feelings inside of like something feels off here and just get swept away by love bombing or get swept away by someone who's giving them any breadcrumb of love. Or maybe you're, if you're coming from deprivation, and you're a fantasy addict, you will get swept away so easily. So understanding and then the self-sacrificer sacrifices themselves till the very end, like, you know, doesn't leave a toxic relationship until they're at a breaking point because they have so much tolerance for pain. And again, usually comes from childhood. And so the understanding your patterns and what you bring to the table is so important. And yet the saboteur, the fantasy addict will, will look at the relationship and think, God, this is so dysfunctional. I need to leave and go find a safe relationship. 
And first of all, wherever you go, there you are. But also safety is not in another relationship. It's inside of yourself. It's learning how to rebuild. I'm so glad you said trust. It's learning how to rebuild and repair that trust and safety within yourself so that when you do get into another relationship, you're actually listening to that inner guidance, inner compass. You're listening to what feels good and what doesn't feel good, as opposed to getting swept away by another story. Even if you're, even if you go and choose someone who's the opposite, it's mm. still your, it's still choosing from fear and lack of safety and thinking the safety is in a safer person as opposed to learning how to find that safety within yourself. And if this is you, please go see our episode about how to lose the fear of being alone (laughs) because many of you do just hop from one relationship to the next. And I can't stress enough that healing from, I mean, this is not even toxic, like healing from dysfunction or healing from a betrayal in a relationship or just healing from uh, unhealthy relationship and you're learning what's healthy again. You, the most important thing you do after that is date yourself. You don't start dating other people. Yes. <laughs> you take a freaking pause. You stop dating. And um, there, I saw on Instagram the other day, you know, scrolling. So I don't remember who the heck it was, but it was like, if you're hurting, you should be healing, not dating, you know, and just leaving the relationship does not solve the hurt from the relationship. And I, I think the most, the first, the most important thing we already live in a culture that teaches women that their self-esteem is dependent on what they look like, how much they weigh, how much you know, how much male attention they're getting and whether or not they have a relationship or not after an unhealthy relationship uh, for me, at least my self-esteem was like at an all time freaking low, like even leaving that relationship, I didn't then all of a sudden feel good about myself. And so the first point, first place of healing, and this is whether you're leaving a toxic relationship or not is to know that you are worthy and lovable and enough because you exist if your worth is dependent on male attention or whether or not you're in a relationship, you're in a big trouble. You're in big trouble. And the foundation of calling in something healthy is believing you are lovable, right? The, the, the toxic relationship, look, you did not ask to be treated like shit. You are not responsible for a man's behavior, but most of the time, and it's not even like, Oh, I should have loved myself enough. It's, when, when you are connected to yourself and you believe that you deserve to be treated well, everything changes in your life from that. You wouldn't tolerate dysfunction. You wouldn't tolerate someone not showing up for you. You wouldn't tolerate someone being abusive. You wouldn't tolerate being the only person doing everything in the relationship. And you can forgive yourself. Like, I think that's the next place of healing after leaving a toxic or unhealthy relationship self-compassion and forgiveness. Our childhood patterns set us up to end up in relationships like that. We learn nothing about relationship. This isn't your fault, but healing from it actually means you start growing up. Like you do the maturing work, maturity work of saying, okay, how do I ensure I never end up in that situation again? So that first thing is on your self-esteem and then your mindset right? You have to believe it's easy. This is one way people give their power away. I often say is if you make your ex like 
like because whatever happened with your ex, you've now decided that that's all men or that's always how relationships go or you're never going to have X, Y, Z again. That's actually a traumatized mindset. All or nothing is a trauma mindset. So if you start catching yourself every time you say always or never Mm. and just literally say, oh, that's my trauma talking. That's not me. That's my trauma talking. That's not me, right? That because dysfunction and toxic, toxic relationship is traumatizing in and of itself. And that's why healing matters so much and why you don't just hop into another relationship. Because if without healing, you're going to question someone who actually is kind to you, right? And that's what you'll see. I'm sure many of them, many of us can talk about that, that after an unhealthy relationship, you'll then doubt, you'll either doubt kindness coming toward you or the first person who's kind you're addicted (laughs) and and down the rabbit hole you go. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about that piece too. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the, the, the piece of, so I'm so glad you said it's not to blame, it's not to blame yourself, but we play a part, right? Our, all of our patterns play a part. And so I want to talk about radical ownership and what that looks like, because I think that's also such an important piece is to see, what parts of myself did I give up? Like in date, so dating yourself looks like having a conscious relationship with yourself, really like dating from the new paradigm, not just taking yourself out for dinner and having bubble baths, but actually if you're going to date yourself before you get back into relationships, start to start to get to know and get, get to be in an intimate relationship with you. So if you look at the dynamic of the relationship, what part of myself did I give up to be in this relationship, right? Because it's so easy to blame the person who on paper looks way worse, not to, not to negate um, toxic behavior, but we are, and we play a part, right? We attract that as long as we are coming from our protection. And as long as our trauma is unresolved within us, and we haven't done the deeper healing within ourselves. So use this time after a toxic relationship ends as an opportunity to get intimate with yourself, to get intimate with what, what did you give up to, to stay in this relationship? Are there parts of yourself that you left at the door because you believed like, for example, let's say you're with someone who is really extremely jealous and they didn't like when you flirted with anyone or when you made eye contact with men or women or whatever, like what let's, and then let's say you shut that part of yourself down and it's innately who you are to be connector and, and heart open. And, um, I can, I remember a client who had a situation like this, where she was in a relationship with a man who was very threatened by her, um, her sweetness and her kindness and her heart energy. So, this is an example, look at these parts that you shut down and start to reclaim that part, right? Start to get to know and cultivate that part of you again and see what part of you shut it down, right? Did you become a shapeshifter? Did you become a pleaser? Did you become a self-sacrificer? What part of you took over and what part of you did you shut down? So get to know these aspects of yourself because this is a massive opportunity so that when you get into another relationship, when you start dating again, you can date from that place of anchored sovereignty within yourself where you know that you're being all of who you are. And if someone tells you, Hey, when you behave like that, I don't feel comfortable. Like when you make eye contact and smile at another human, I don't feel comfortable. You can say, Oh, well, thank you for sharing. And, 
this is who I am. And you can take a stand for yourself and use dating as an opportunity to notice, like, where do you naturally want to contort yourself and want to please yourself? Because it is, it's your job. Like you're the only one who can make a new choice. And at the end of any relationship ending, it's an opportunity for, it's a catalyst. It's a rupture and a catalyst for you to, to really step into the next version of yourself. If you choose to use this time wisely and you choose to reflect on all of those parts you disowned or all the parts you've yet to meet, um, you know, maybe your sensuality shut down, maybe your power, maybe your voice, whatever, but just start to reflect on what of you did you disown to be in this relationship and get to know those parts of yourself again. And do you want to say anything about getting addicted to the first kind person after a relationship yeah. before I riff on that too? No, well, you, you riff on it and then I'll, okay. I'll add. I just keep thinking about how this, this, I've, I've shared this on several episodes because you know that at the core of my self-guided program homecoming is about developing self-trust again. You know, one of the things that just is so painful for me is how many women don't trust themselves. And so you're already set up for that. And then actually being in an unhealthy relationship does a number on that even more. And so this gentleness of opening, like, it isn't just like, now I trust myself and I'm all set like on the healing journey. Like you, you cultivate trusting yourself. You cultivate being connected to yourself over and over and over again. So one of the things about dating is slowing the fuck down, <laughs> right? If you, if you are dating again after an unhealthy relationship, that is the most important thing that you could be doing is saying to yourself, okay, since I'm learning how to do this again, since I'm learning how to trust myself again, I'm going to make sure I take it slow. I'm going to practice being curious, asking questions, not telling myself stories about this person, not fantasizing about a future with this person, staying connected to myself as I go on dates with them and practicing revealing more and more of myself. And that, you know, deprivation. And, and I think, you know, if you come from a childhood of emotional neglect or abuse, yes, you're going to be set up for a neglectful and abusive partnership and you are going to be starving for love. Like I, I, I can't say it enough. Like that was me. That's what love addiction actually is. Starvation for love. I forgive myself. I have compassion for myself. I am right there with all of you on again, off again, 17 fucking times over three years. I treated myself like shit. Like I see you, I get this, but what ends up happening is since you're starving for love, like think about what happens when you walk into the grocery store when you're hungry, how much shit do you buy that you don't need? I'm like eating as I'm walking oh down my the God. aisles, right? Like don't go to the grocery store starving, right? Don't start dating starving. Yeah. And so that's why if you are hurting, you need healing, not dating. So if you are starving, that's why the bare minimum of kindness can be so intoxicating. And then you tell yourself a story like, oh, this is a wonderful person rather than wait a minute. That's actually the, the standard of how you deserve to be treated. Right. And so watch out for making meaning out of someone who treats you well, like, oh, this means they like me. Actually, that's just kindness. Or, oh, this means we're meant to be together. Nope, that's just how that you're being treated. This is the new standard. Same with, oh, we have a deep connection. Having a deep connection with someone does not make them compatible with you. Having a deep connection with someone does not make them actually a good partner for you. 
And that is the core when you're healing from a toxic relationship is learning what a good partner, see our previous episode about signs of a, of a good part of a good man when in the early phase, stages of dating, but that's what you're learning how to do. You're learning how to actually say, what does it mean to be a good partner, right? To first to myself, like a good friend to myself, a lover to myself, be kind to myself. And then how do I fill my life up and actually have friends? Like I can't stress the enough of having community right? And, and spiritual connection after a toxic relationship. That's what saved my life. Time with my friends. I went to Hawaii on a retreat. I stopped thinking about calling in a boyfriend and I had a deep, deep, deep desire for that, but I stopped thinking about it. I stopped putting my attention on that, right? I spent how long between finally ending with him? I mean, it was my last maybe eight months. It's been eight months single between the final breakup with my ex and meeting Andrew we just celebrated eight years together. Um, and the, the healing of being connected to yourself so that you don't end up saying just because this person is kind, that means they're the one, or just because this person is nice to me, that means they're the one actually, when that's starting to happen, it is going to be scary if you're not used to it, but you you'll breathe into the practice. You know, one of the things I say to my clients is thank you universe. I'm getting used to this. I could get used to this. Like that, that's the attitude. I can get used to this instead of making it about that person. Like I could get used to this person. This is my person, but I could get used to this. Like this is the new standard of how I deserve to be treated because if you're starving for love and, and all, if you're listening, you freaking know, you freaking know if you're on empty and you're starving and that's what the healing is for. Cause you're either starving and you need ch- your childhood work. You need to actually be doing deep work on yourself or you're starving because you keep looking outside of yourself yes. and stay tuned for an episode on that, how to stop looking outside of yourself for love. But that's yeah. what I want to say about that. Yeah. And it's not just starving for love. It's that's such a big part of it. Starving for love, attention, attention. ego, which is the little girl inside. That's not your soul. That's not your sovereign woman. That's not your heroine. It's starving for pleasure. You know, if your life is, you know, I think about my life right now and how freaking pleasurable it is all the time. Like, wow, I was walking around the Acropolis last night, watching the sunset and, and the full, it was almost a full moon. And it just like the most beautiful, magical night in my own city. I'm like, wow, I live here. And there's all these tourists everywhere taking photos. And I didn't even bring my camera. I just was so mm-hmm. present with the experience. No, that's not true. That was this morning on my hike. I took my camera last night. <laughs> I just lied. You're allowed. Um, <laughs> but, but it was this beautiful experience. My life is so pleasurable right now because I made it that way. You know, I love what I do. I love the women I work with. I don't work with anyone who I don't love and feel a connection with. I don't at like every single facet of my life. And this is such a big part. If you're dating, I mean, following a toxic relationship, you need more love. You need more love. And how can I love pleasure? All the and things pleasure. And how can I love myself more right now? Like to feel, to build that worth within yourself, to, to remember how worthy you are. You have to treat yourself like you're worthy. We say that over and over again. So like, how are you treating yourself with more worth? How are you treating yourself with more love? How would a worthy woman make this decision? How would a worthy woman show up on a date? And um, I'm so glad you talked about like the, the niceties and, and 
yeah, we call those table scraps because it's table scraps if it's like, oh, wow, he's being really nice to me. I mean, everyone in your life should be nice to you. If everyone in your life isn't really loving and kind and supportive and amazing to you, they shouldn't be in your life. Doesn't mean you're not going to have triggers with each other, but it, but baseline, everyone in your life should treat you with love and respect and honor and kindness and honor your boundaries and honor your truth and honor. And so, but it starts with you and it starts with your relationship with you and how you're treating yourself and how you're talking to yourself and what you're tolerating. The Tinder swindler was really nice. He was really kind. He was like, hey, I'm going to fly you to this place. And like, oh, I miss you already. And I'm going to send you an extravagant flowers. And I'm like, it is so easy to get swept away by nice if you are deprived of feeling good. So let your your set point, let your focus be. So coming back to dating yourself. So yes, getting to know your patterns, getting to know your pain, getting to heal the deeper trauma. If you've had especially the extremely toxic relationships, but I think all toxic relationships, even just ones where you fight a lot, um, do some somatic experiencing, do some nervous system work, get your body re-regulated because that stuff is in your body and it stays in your body. I have all of my clients do somatic experiencing. It's to me, that is like nervous system trauma work is the most important um, for regulating your body because your body remembers the trauma, no matter how much mindset and emotional work you do, your body remembers. So that, and then keep cultivating your life and your, your every relationship in your life. God, it feels like this is every episode, but you could, you can't hear this message enough is that you need to have a life that feels loving. You need to have a life that feels pleasurable. If you're stressed out and overworked and hate your job, and then you go on a date and you've just got out of a really shitty relationship where someone totally treated you like crap. And then all of a sudden this person's like really nice to you and they, you know, they're complimenting you and they paid for dinner and they held the door when you walked out of it. Like it's going to be really easy for the fantasy addict part of your saboteur to get swept away by that. Right. It doesn't mean anything. I'm so glad you said like, even with deep connection, it doesn't mean you're meant to be in a romantic relationship and like whatever any relationship will be, whether it's a friendship, a business partnership. Look at us. It took seven years for our relationship to reveal itself. We met on a rooftop party seven, well, now nine years ago, but seven years before we started this podcast, we didn't even know each other. We stayed connected on Facebook. We had Zoom calls like every couple of years or I don't know, a couple times before. And then all of a sudden this podcast message came to us and then, you know, the re- whatever, it's a longer story, but, but we've told it many times. The rest is history. The rest is history, <laughs> but it's like, we weren't in fantasy. Like this doesn't happen with the, you know, if, I mean, that's not true. It sometimes does where you can be attracted to the different gender, but like it where that you're not used to, but with us, like, it wasn't like, there's no fantasy, you know, mostly with friends, you don't get swept away, even if the connection's amazing. So like, we, we just let it happen organically and little did our souls know where the hell we would be. Like what? That's crazy to think of nine years ago. Our souls had no idea when we were having a conversation in San Diego, Canadian girl and American girl (laughs) on a rooftop patio for 10 minutes or something, you know, having a conversation, not about anything to do with what we're talking about right now. 
and we birth a podcast nine months later. Now you're birthing a baby. Like who knows what's coming? None of us know. So let yourself lean into the experience of dating, the experience of getting to know people, the experience of uh, dating yourself, the experience of understanding your patterns and doing the deeper healing, like even healing. There's such a, most people have such an urgency to get to some destination. It is a lifelong journey. It's lifelong uh, getting to know your patterns and your soul and what you desire and expanding more and more into the truth of who you are. So slow down and let yourself just enjoy what is here right now and work with what is here right now. Feel what is here right now. Be with what is here right now because life's going to take you wherever you're meant to go. And you don't know right now what that is and you don't need to know. And, but the, the saboteur, the fear-based part of you, especially coming from a relationship that was toxic or painful, that part of you as, and the pressure as women to be in a relationship, that part of you is going to want to leapfrog over yeah. and is going to want to be in a good relationship, especially the part of you that feels like maybe there's something wrong with me because everyone else on Instagram has a good relationship and I have a bad one, or all my friends have a good relationship and I had a bad one. There's all these different factors that play into why we want to rush being in a good relationship again. And when you're in a hurry, slow down, just slow down. You don't know what's coming and let yourself just be here now. And you'll be so much more in touch with your inner guidance and that like the, the fuck knows and the hell yes when you are actually taking your time. And I love, I love that you just brought all of that in because that is vulnerable. Like how many more times do we have to say that it's actually vulnerable to be happy? It's vulnerable to love your life. It's vulnerable to not be hyper vigilant and always on guard. You know, I'm thinking about our episode about like the truth about red flags, because the other thing I'll say about coming out of an unhealthy relationship is often women will then be on high alert looking for someone who's not toxic, actually, like they're trying to spot the red flags. So again, yes. that's trauma, right? Like, and I, I recently have been just saying to several of my clients, you know, to just name, that's my trauma brain. That's my trauma talking. Um, so that you can start separating from thinking that it's the soul of who you are and along with not making yourself wrong about it. And that's the same thing with your saboteur. You're not saying like, oh, it's bad that my saboteur said X, Y, Z. It's just, oh, that's at part of me, Barbara, there's Barbara, but this, this truth, like the, the real truth is reclaiming your vulnerability, your innocence, your tenderness, your self-love is the most important thing after an unhealthy relationship. And actually the only thing that creates intimacy, vulnerability is the only thing that creates intimacy. And if you are dating with your, with your heart closed with on guard, and most of all, making men prove to you that they're good. Like after, like a, after a toxic relationship, it's not a man's job to now make up for the unhealthy men. I'm also going to, this is someone else I saw on Instagram, but it was so fucking good. Um, this woman, literally her reel was mediocre men are benefiting from toxic men. Mm. Um, because this, this whole thing, like what we just said earlier about all of a sudden it's because someone's nice to you, you like put them on a pedestal. And so yeah. this is why that healing journey is self-love into raising your standards, into developing relationship skills and self-trust. And then most of all, your capacity to be vulnerable. And when you love yourself, you're not full of shame about being in an unhealthy relationship, 
right? When you've actually done the healing work, like I can talk about my relationship history without shame, right? I, I, I and aunt, my, Andrew has a relationship history, right? And Andrew doesn't have a string of great relationships either. And I'll never forget like that. That was when we were dating in the first few months and, and getting to know each other, we were each able to talk about our past from a centered place, not from shame, not from blaming our exes and actually from that place of this is what I learned about this. Like, this is what I know about myself now. That's vulnerable. And it is insanely vulnerable to not know where something is going to go. So if you have anxious attachment, if you have all this trauma, uncertainty is going to be very freaking hard for you. And that's why healing is so important. And I, I, it's so funny to me. I just never was in a rush about healing. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know why that never, I mean, I was in a rush about several other things in my life, but I never had that attitude about like chasing, you know, a, an arrival point of healing. But I, I also want to bring in, cause I have several clients where after toxic relationship, they then do all this deep, beautiful healing work and love themselves. And then they say things like, well, I don't want to mess this up. So I don't want to date, right. They want to like stay in the self-love place because now you've touched how good you feel, yeah. but here's, so here's what I want to say about that. You're designed to share that love with other people actually. And it doesn't have to be that you're, if you are afraid that it'll get messed up, it's not rooted yet. Right. That's still about self-trust because if, if it is so freaking easy to have it going on when you're single, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's so easy to stick with your self-love rituals and your self-care and time with your friends when you're single. It's not so easy when you're in a relationship to maintain that because of course that's falling in love is intoxicating, fall, you know, being excited about someone is so fun, but that's why you date as a practice. That's why we always come back to you date for growth, not outcome. You're not on a mission to find a partner. You're on a, an adventure of witnessing yourself, learning how to actually get to know people and opening your heart again slowly. You don't, you know, blast open your heart. It's over time, like little by little. And that's what you're healing and opening to after a toxic relationship, yeah. letting people be nice to you, letting people love you. You know, when you love yourself, the only people who look good to you are people who are good for you. That's mm. actually everything that changes. Yes. And so even finding good girlfriends after, yes. I mean, having, no one is meant to do life alone and it's not about, oh, I just need a partner and then I'm not alone. It's literally, we need a freaking village for it all. And I've been thinking about, I was saying this to Andrew actually this past weekend that we have a village around our marriage that like Andrew and I are going to be filled up as parents and that's the secure attachment that we're going to be able to offer our daughter. Like we are held by our community, by God, by each other. We each have our own self-care rituals like that. How many of you grew up not only in chaotic home, but grew up with over-functioning, self-sacrificing, overworked parents. That was my mom overworked, full of anxiety, always freaking stressed. And, and like, that's what I felt as a child because she wasn't supported in her life. And I've later found out that she said no to people helping her all the time, that people actually offered to help her. And she said, no, you know, like asking for help is vulnerable. Hi, signing up for a program, signing up for coaching, getting honest with yourself that you need help and need healing and not because you're broken, 
but because you deserve it. Like that's, that's the mindset that has to change because that's what gets taken in a toxic relationship. You then doubt yourself and you're full of negative thoughts about yourself. Like it's my fault. You know, I, I, maybe you thought you deserved this, or you think you're broken. You are not broken. No one is broken. There's nothing wrong with you, but it is work to heal that mindset along with actually believing in men again, rather than set, you know, I have so many my clients when they first come to me with all this trauma, they'll say they like expect to be disappointed and expect to be let down on a date, like expect all men to be liars. And we'll just write again, that's my trauma talking. That's my trauma talking. Like you have to learn how to separate yourself from that so that you don't have like Pollyanna bullshit, you know, attitude, like, oh, men are great. That's not actually where you end up going but you believe in other possibilities. Like you can have a centered of centered consciousness that says there are some really bad men like that. That's true. There are toxic men and I have to know what those behaviors are and there are good men and I'm available to that. Yeah. Right. Like that, that's the healing journey. And that's why this is so important. And I think, you know, watch out for asking for dating advice from friends who have never actually done work on themselves or haven't known toxic relationship. You know, I had a a client come out of a horror, I mean, a horrible trauma, this, this um, woman. And, and literally she's saying to me, my friends are just like, just put yourself out there. Like, why is this so hard for you? Like, come on, just go on a couple of dates. And I'm talking to her and I'm like, of course you don't freaking want to date. Like, of course you are so shut down, you know? So watch out. Like we hope this episode as you're listening is just so freaking validating for, for those of you that have had such unhealthy relationships and that we're paving the way for what the path actually is yes. for you to heal. It's, it is a long road and it's totally doable. And no, you don't have to push yourself to just date or get over it or, you know, just wave a magic wand at a, at a mindset. Yes. It's work. It was brutal for me. It was hard. It was a hard freaking work. And guess what? The rewards are immense, immense. And And I'm in a beautiful, less hard than being in a toxic. Yes. Yes. I mean, seriously, but it's like the, the reality is it's, it is, you know, it's, it's, it is hard. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta work because there's a lot of pieces you have to pick back up, you know, just like you said earlier, all the pieces that you shut down, but then you also have to pick up the pieces that were taken from you. You know, if you were in a critical relationship or, or abuse, emotionally abusive, you know, we're animals. Like you keep, you know, brought up about the body. Like I have all the trauma resolution (laughs) training that I have because I just don't know how anyone heals without their body first. Like all my clients know we're animals first, right? You validate your responses. You validate your trauma responses. They're not wrong and bad. And we actually don't have choice over them until we heal. So if you're dating and you're on guard, so it's either you can have two different kinds of women after an unhealthy relationship, either the boundaryless woman, right? Where she's just like, freaking jumping from relationship to relationship. She has no limits on herself or the totally closed off and guard woman who maybe is still going on dates, but she's just too bit. Her trauma brain is always looking for the negative. Always. She has a negative view about herself a negative view about men. So maybe she's going on dates, but there's never any connection, you know, being built. And so that those are the two extremes. So we want centered, right? 
protected and connected is the phrase that I use with boundaries and with my clients. You, you've said it before. Um, well, you're, I love your thing about like being able to stand for yourself, like an open heart with boundaries, you know, it's not open. It's just, Oh, here I am. I just love everyone. Ah, Like, no. (laughs) Um, so that that's the healing journey. And it's why this is so important. Yeah. And, and like our protection has been there for a long freaking time. Like God, your whole life minus maybe like five or six or seven years, like your saboteur has been running the show. All of these protective patterns have been running the show for a really long time. So however old you are minus like five, six, seven years off of it, that's how long this part has been in charge. So that's why it takes time and it takes commitment and it takes honesty with yourself and it takes, um, I mean, commitment feels like the big thing. Cause you have to commit to yourself over and over yes. and over again. And I see my clients on this journey where it's like some weeks it's so easy to commit to themselves. And then other weeks, the saboteur hijacks them and it's so hard to commit to themselves. And that's why it's so important to have the container around you that supports your growth, like having coaches, like having healers, like having podcasts you listen to that light up your soul and inspire you and expand you and give you tools and help you with awareness, like having the right friends around you that you feel uplifted by, that you feel more expanded by, that you feel supported by, but not codependent with, like having the right container around you is so freaking important. Being in a job that where you feel good, being in, you know, a home where you feel good, like actually creating a container that feels good. I woke up yesterday morning, I told you this already. And I, it was like six 30. I feel sorry for my neighbors downstairs because my apartment building's not very soundproof. Um, but I woke up at six 30 in the morning and walked into my living room and I was like, why don't I want to use this living room? My apartment is so cute, but I always, it's two bedrooms. I always want to be in the bedrooms and I never want to be in the living room. And I'm like, it feels not like, I just don't like it. And then 10 seconds later, I'm like moving all the furniture. I tried to do it really quietly, but it's like 630 in the morning, completely rearranged it. Now I love it. Mm -hmm. So like pay attention to what doesn't feel good and start to create that container so that you can come home and you can feel rooted and anchored and relaxed and grounded within yourself so that you can commit to yourself because if there, if you're, if everything in your life is contributing to you feeling stressed out and shitty, then it's going to be a lot harder to commit to yourself. So start to feng shui your life. And um, I I wrote down the words, become endlessly fascinated and curious with yourself Mm -hmm. and with other people. Like this is such a superpower to have when you're dating. Even when you like someone, even when your mind is racing to fantasy, let yourself come back to your body, come back to how you feel, Feel, know everything you're feeling is yourself, as we always say, your pleasure, your turn on, your your insecurity, your anxiety, whatever you're feeling when you're on dates is you. So pay attention to that, bring your attention back to that, and then come back to like endless fascination and curiosity, like, oh, interesting wow, with this person, like I started speaking faster or with this person, like I wasn't breathing or couldn't eat my food or whatever, like just notice how you show up with each person and, and how you show up, how other people show up and just pay attention to like endless, even if you're married, I mean, even you and Andrew, like even if you're married for eight years or 80 years, like allow yourself to be endlessly fascinated and curious about this person, because we're all on a path of evolution. Even people who aren't intentionally evolving, we're all evolving and the planet's evolving and the world around us is changing so 
fast, so rapidly. So let yourself just come back to that place of curiosity instead of thinking, you know, because that this is coming back to like, always the fear-based conditioned mind wants to know what the future is to feel safe, but we're never going to know what the future is. You can marry someone, you can buy a picket fence, you can get a dog, you can have some kids, you can have the perfect life on paper and you still do not know what's coming. None of us do. Life it can change in an instant. And we, I know that everyone's reminded about that, you know, by tragedy and loss and, and it, different changes that occur. Like life is always reminding us how precious it is, and how we don't know what's coming. So let yourself like lean into right here and right now and just become curious about people, even someone who is toxic. Like, let's talk about that for a second. I know we probably should wrap up soon, but like, you know, there's just so much blame there too. It's like that that's trauma too. Someone who's a narcissist, like that's trauma. They learn that somewhere that came from their own trauma, not to say that the behavior is okay. Not to say that you have to tolerate it because they're it came from trauma. But even when you're on dates, instead of judging someone else, it's just like, just trust your gut. If something feels off, just trust it. And thank you so much for the coffee. You know, it's a no for me, but I wish you all the best with your dating and whatever, even if you're 10 dates in and you are deepening in connection, but you feel like this person's rushing it, or they're not honoring your boundaries or something just feels off, just trust it. And bless them and set them free without attacking or blaming or holding it against them. Like everyone's doing their best based on what they learned, where they came from, what their experience was. And I feel like that's one of the things the saboteur loves to do is just stay in blame for other people and blaming everyone else for our pain and like getting off on telling everyone else how right we are and wrong the other person is. But that's just going to keep you stuck. That's actually not going to move you forward. So do some healing around letting go of the story of what happened in, in your past relationship, taking the gifts and the learning, doing the deeper healing in your body and your nervous system, but actually like taking the lessons and the gifts from that experience. Like if the gift was, Hey, I finally had the courage to walk away, celebrate that and take that as a gift and a win and use it as ammunition or maybe not the right word, but use it as inspiration for your next relationship of like, I get to be boundaried. I get to speak my truth and stand up for myself from now on, right? Like learn from your relationships and Instead of being powerless and just staying in this blame game of like, that was toxic, he was toxic, she was toxic, they, they, they had trauma, they did this to me, they did that to me, your saboteur, the little kid inside of you, your trauma played a part in you staying in that relationship and you choosing that relationship. So take responsibility, do the deeper healing, walk away from the relationship that's hurt, that's no longer feeling aligned with who you are and who you're becoming and learn and grow from it. And when you are, when you don't trust yourself, it's going to be really, really, really hard to follow your feelings. And when you only follow your feelings and you don't know how to actually ask questions, you know, I, I love being curious is a quality of the heart. Like that is what it means to have an open heart, being curious and compassionate rather than like, it's like you're always analyzing yourself or trying to figure yourself out or trying to figure out other people, right? It's a softened place. And that's why I just think compassion is everything like you can have, but I love what you just said about, um, having, you know, having compassion for other people, but then need to reiterate, that doesn't mean that it's your job to tolerate their, their bullshit or to save them or to be the woman who is going to change them. We need to do an episode about that. Um, we probably already (laughs) did on how to stop wanting to change. I think we did, uh, stop wanting to change men. 
And but it, compassion it's has about, boundaries. It's more about like not attaching to the story that it's their fault. Like, right. Not, right. Bl- not blaming them, but yeah, not like, oh, you're, yeah. Anyway. You're, you're bad and I'm not, right? Exactly. Because, but, but, because of course, I was going to bring it home with what you said about the what healing is, is being able to learn. Yes. Like, like that's what evolution is, right? And if, and if you, like I said it earlier about the way Angie and I could talk about our past, like we said, here's what I've learned. Like, here's the healing work that I've done. Like, here's what I now know about myself. And with that said, neither of us assumed that we were now cooked. Like, <laughs> like there, there's the element of what we don't have control over And most people figure they focus on what they don't have control over rather than on what they do. We actually do have a tremendous amount of control over our lives and it's on yourself. That's what you have control over. But most of the time we're hyper-focused on the things that we don't have control over, like other people, like the timing of our life, like other people's emotions, rather than actually doing the healing work to say, I'm responsible for my thoughts. I'm responsible for my feelings. I'm responsible for my behavior. And that's what healing actually gives you back. Like the ability to choose those things. So, and this is a big one. It is big. I'm like, it's never an hour long episode at this point. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just, this is like one tie in a bow of what we were just talking about. It's like the other person we get to we get to be that change and we get to heal the whole planet and be the like pioneer when you have the courage to leave or an un- unhealthy relationship and you're the one who stands up and says actually that's a no for me i'm going to remove myself like you're that you're teaching that person whether they take the lesson or not like you are the person who has the courage to make the change and so i just see like there's so many gifts in all of it for yourself, for the, all the women to come, like you being the one that says, no, that's not okay with me. And it takes so much courage. And the yes. more of us that stand for that, the more, the more, and don't tolerate shitty behavior, the more the planet changes and we heal. So especially for women. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. This is going to be a 10 part episode. Okay. <laughs> Um, so as always, if you know a woman who is recovering from a toxic relationship, heartbreak, having a hard time getting out there or wants to get out there and is, you know, on either side that Catherine talked about the pendulum, um, shut down or back in the game, trying to fill that void, um, send them our way, share the episode. We love you and see you next we'll see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon. 